Hello, welcome to Creative Catch-Up, a podcast where myself, Natasha Newton, artist and illustrator, and me, Mel Chadwick, illustrator and designer, will be chatting about running a creative business. Each episode, we'll be diving into a different topic that has come up in our own creative practice. We'll be sharing our experiences, both the ups and downs, struggles and successes, and hopefully give some advice that you'll also find useful. So join us for season two episode three as we chat about contracts and pricing our work. Hi Natasha. Hi Mel. Today we're going to be talking about contracts and pricing our work. So this is actually a very important subject I think isn't it for uh, whenever you're going to be licensing illustration. It's so important to have a contract it is. And especially when you start out, I think you don't really have much to go on. So any advice from other people, I think, is always really helpful. Yeah. And I know for me, especially when I started out, I didn't really understand contracts. And it was only when I had been kind of burnt by a few clients that I realised actually mm. having a contract is so important and is very necessary. So I know that um, I decided to take some time to just really read about them, read up about them. The Association of Illustrators is very helpful, especially if you need templates for contracts. I know I use them as a base. So, yeah, I think it's so important to have one and understand all of the different bits that you should include in a contract. Yeah, this will be um, very useful for people and for me as well, because even though I have, obviously, I have dealt with a few contracts in my time, I think you're much more experienced in this area than I am. Okay, so I think to start us off, um, if you could tell us, Mel, what do you think are the most important things we should always have in a contract? So, yes, let's say any agreement that you have needs to have the following three elements needs to have the offer and then it has a consideration which is something in exchange like money and then an acceptance so if you have those three things that's like the basis of a contract so i i like to call my contracts a confirmation of engagement and then i also present it in a two-sided document because i don't really want to give pages and pages of terms and conditions because i think it needs to be as readable as possible and also just understandable as well. So no kind of jargon. I try and keep it really clear and then concise. These are the type of contracts I like because they're so long. Some of them are pages and pages long and most of it is not very easily readable or understandable. So, OK, this is the list. This is what I have on the front of the contract. So I have my name and contact details. I have the job number. So this is just my filing system. So I just have like the oh, name okay. of the job. And I normally have the initials of the client followed by a numbering system. So a lot of my clients are repeating clients. So right. I number them. So I know then how many jobs I've had with them. This is a very good point. Yeah, I like this system. This is a good system. Mm. And then I have the client name. And then the contact details for them. It is important to have whoever you're liaising with on the contract and knowing that they are the point of contact. It's important to have their names so you know 
um, who they are and who you need to refer to. I then have the date of the contract. So that's the date in which you're drawing up the agreement. I then also have the fee and the payment plan. So obviously the fee is the total amount that they're going to be paying. And then the payment plan is how many days do you expect that to be paid in? So it's when you see something that says net 30 or net 60, then when you invoice and you've put net 30, you can expect to be paid 30 days from that invoice or within 30 days. Would you normally expect to be paid within 30 days for most jobs or does it vary quite a bit? It really varies on the client. So some clients are very forward in telling you their payment terms. So yeah, there's some that will say, um, we will only pay you net 60 and you'll find that they will wait until day 59 to pay you you know you won't see it Um, you won't see it in your bank until the end of that time period Um, and then there's other clients who are very fast paying and they will pay literally as soon as you invoice them yeah it's fantastic when you have a client like that it's horrible to have to wait isn't it you do all of the work and then you have to wait like two months to get paid that's quite difficult sometimes yeah magazines and book deals a definite publishing, that kind of thing. They seem to be a lot longer. And then the, the fast, faster paying clients are normally very small businesses and also, um, say, if I'm working for a design studio, they tend to be very fast at paying. So it's funny that the bigger companies... They take the longest to pay. Yeah, this has been my experience as well. Exactly the same. (laughs) But it's important to ask anyway, make sure that you know what the payment terms are, because that could also influence whether you take that job on, um, whether you can afford to take that job on. So if it's a really long time, uh, you know, you won't get paid for a few months. You've got to know, well, can you cover your living expenses and your business in that few months that you won't be paid for that job, especially if it's a demanding job and it will involve a lot of work. It's important that you find that out. So that's like the top. That's the top of the the sheet of paper. Then we go into the project title and description. So I just include what it is that they want. What's the size of the illustration? Is it full colour? Is it black and white? Then I have the schedule of the work. So that basically means what the client can expect so I have like a rough draft and that will be given within so many days then we'll have preliminary designs with a number of edits and I normally give two edits and then a final design date where I will hand over the finished artwork and after that time there's no more edits it's really important that you agree um, on your edits Um, before you go ahead with the work and that the client understands what that means and that they know that after each round I normally say after this round make sure that you give me feedback on this because if you try to give me feedback later in the process it's going to prolong the whole of the the illustration so I try and be as clear as I can when I submit these different stages what I'm expecting from the client 
And also this prevents it from becoming this kind of thing where it's going back and forth, back and forth, and you're having to do so many edits, Yeah, which takes up a lot of your time. It does. And yeah. And I don't think re- the clients sometimes don't realise, especially if they have a tight deadline, the more back and forth you have, the longer the whole process is going to be, and you'll probably then won't get the artwork as fast. So, yeah, on a tight deadline, sometimes I will eliminate one of the stages anyway, because I'm like, well, if you want it that fast, then you've got to realise that you can't have as many edits (laughs) because it's just not (laughs) going to happen. You're just not going to get the work in time. That's great advice. Then we have the copyright usage. So, Oh, yes, very important. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A statement about what rights are granted. And normally with illustration, you aren't giving full copyright. You're just giving um, the usage and a license. So this is now Mm. we're we're going into the kind of license part of the contract. Yes, I want to ask you about this actually in a little bit, because um, if you were giving away full copyright, it's a lot more money. It should be. It should be. Yeah. Um, so you then have the use of the work. So where is the work going to be used? You then have the area covered by the license. Is it just UK? Is it USA? Is it Canada? Is it worldwide? Then you have the duration. So how long will that license last? It could just be for a month that it's in print. It could be for a year. It could be three years, five years. It all depends. Um, and then exclusivity so you have a statement saying whether the licensed work is exclusive or non-exclusive to the client. Because, again, that will affect what you can do with that work. So you might license a greeting card design and it's non-exclusive. So then that means you can use that design in another market and you could license it to another client. So you're making use of the artwork so it's not just for that one client on a greetings card, it could be for another client on a poster design or on wrap or something. So it's important, again, to know if it's exclusive or non-exclusive. And that can also affect the price as well. It's a good idea generally to try and make one piece of work work quite hard for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you're making the most of that image. Definitely. Um, yeah, And then you also have a credit, so a statement that says that a credit for editorial work is required. I normally, because I do a lot of maps, I make sure that I have illustration credit on all of my maps. And I think for editorial work, that's expected. But in some cases, you're not going to have an editorial credit just because some companies don't like greetings cards. Again, going back to that, you won't normally have an editorial credit on greetings cards or products you know like a food packaging you're not going to have an editorial yeah when you did the food packaging um (laughs) on the lovely cornish salt tubs that we have in our cupboard with your designs on i noticed that because dominic said is her name on there anywhere and i had a look and it wasn't no yeah yeah if you hadn't told me i would never have known it was you although i can see your style obviously yeah and then finally 
on the end of that page, you have your signature and date along with a statement saying that the client, well, this is on mine. Okay. I say, I have a statement that says that the client accepts the following terms and conditions unless they object or query within 24 hours. So that what that does is that it kind of forces the client to make sure that they've read the terms and conditions. It also means as well, they don't have to sign it, but they have to read it. And if they don't agree with it, and then they have to come back to me within 24 hours. I am quite lenient. So <laughs> if it's particularly busy, I know for client, uh, clients and they can't get back to me, I will check in with them. I will say, how's it going? Is the Are you happy with the contract? And if they just say, oh, I just need a bit more time to look at it, then I'll, I'll say, OK, that's fine. But it is a way of getting you know, your clients to actually read what you've sent them and that they're happy with what you've sent them as well. And it means then you can push forward with the work. And that's why I say I call my contract a confirmation of engagement, because once I have that, I know that the work is going to go ahead for definite and there's no backing out. <laughs> so it's, it's, it is really important, I think. Yeah, I think I think this is a great template for drawing up a contract. And I think this will be really useful to a lot of people, including me. Cool. <laughs> that's the first. That's the front side of it. Um, are we ready to go into the back or do you want to ask me any more questions on the front? I think you've described it really well. I think we can just go on. Yeah. OK, brilliant. We will go on to the terms and conditions. Try and make this more exciting, but <laughs> there's nothing more boring than terms and conditions. <laughs> I think we should have some jingly music, you know, at this point. <laughs> you could you could slip some in there <laughs> yeah. in the editing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so terms and conditions um, are on the back, like I've said, and they are more in depth and describe the expectations of the trade between the illustrator and the client. So I'm just going to go through these quite briefly. It'll just give you people a really good idea of what to have in their terms and conditions and things they should be thinking about. I've been inspired or influenced by AOI, so Associated Illustrators Terms and Conditions. They're very kind of similar, but I've kind of tailored them to my situation. And I also try mm. to use jargon-free phrases so that it is really readable and clear. Good, excellent. Okay, so I've got eight, eight terms and conditions. So number one is titled work. And what this includes is the final delivery of art and the number of revisions. So I kind of just kind of expand a bit on that editing side of things. And also I say in there, if say there are extra edits that are required, they're priced at this amount. You know, so if there is extra on top of this license this is what you expect to pay so they are, are aware that if they deviate from the the initial one that they have to pay for extra yeah they can't just slip some extra work in there yeah <laughs> yeah exactly okay. okay number two is payment and delivery so that's where i put the payment terms so what we talked about earlier about the net 30 or the net 15 or net 60 I, I will put it I will put my payment terms in there I think I have net 15 so if if that doesn't fit with the client then I will adjust it but 
say like I have a client and they don't really know what they don't mind, then we'll just stick to my payment terms. And then there's also a late payment term fee in there as well. So if, say, the client um, hasn't paid you and it's now, they should have paid you 60 60 days and it's now 90 days, then there is a late um, payment fee. I think it's 1.5%. Yeah, I haven't had to actually implement that yet but (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good to hear (laughs) I don't think I've ever thought of putting anything like that into a contract and that's a really good idea so yeah I'm learning things here today I mean again it's it's helpful to have it in there because you're saying to the client you need to stick to these terms because obviously if you're having people paying you later than the payment terms agreed that's going to affect you it's going to affect your business and you know it's going to cause a lot of stress especially if the job is you know a significant amount of money and you're relying on that money and you need the cash flow yeah exactly so that's why you would have those late payment terms in there so they know they've got to pay within the time okay number three Reservation of rights, so an explanation of the use of rights and the rights held by the illustrator. So that would be where they can use it. It's going back to the usage and what's expected and the rights that you have as well. So in the reservation of rights, point three, all rights not expressly granted above are retained by the illustrator And then any use additional to that expressly granted above requires arrangement for a payment of a separate fee. So it's kind of like a statement about what the rights are. Oh, right. And then number four is illustrator's right to authorship credit. I think this is really important to have in your agreement somewhere or at least have a conversation with a client about because... If you don't have this in there, it could mean that you're not able to say that you actually created that piece of work and I was commissioned to do it and you can share it on your website or in your portfolio. So I think I've put Illustrator may use work in Illustrator's portfolio, including but not limited to any website or publication that displays Illustrator's work. And then also that the commissioner, if asked, would identify that the Illustrator is the creator of the work and the commissioner must not seek to mislead others that the work was created by someone else say like you've produced work for a big giftware company and obviously you haven't got an editorial credit on it so people can't see that it was you but if someone approached that company and they were like who produced that they would have to say it was this illustrator that produced it okay so there are some instances when perhaps if you hadn't specified this they could just keep it a secret. Yeah. They could, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. And also um, being able to show it on your own portfolio, obviously, is just going to help your portfolio, isn't it? It's going to show what kind of work you do and really help you get more work. Because if people can see that you've done that work for that client, you're more likely to get more commissions for that kind of work. There has been the odd occasion in the past where I have done work and I haven't been able to put it on my website or in my portfolio. Ah. So, yes, this is another very important point because, yeah, nobody knows that I did it. 
And there was one quite big thing as well. That's so annoying, isn't it? You can't actually say, well, I produced that. Mm. Yeah, and I, I still, yeah, I still can't tell people. I think there was like a clause in the contract where I couldn't mention it for 10 years or something. I mean, it was a, it was a big deal. OK, so we are on number five. Ooh. OK, commissioner accepts illustrator's creative vision. So basically a statement about the commissioner agreeing that the illustrator will complete the work in an illustrator's creative style um, at the illustrator's discretion. Because it basically means if the commissioner refuses to receive the work or demands the work to be redone, it's understood and agreed that the commissioner is uh, cancelling the agreement and no fee will be refunded because... That's why you were commissioned to do the job. And it's important, I think, as well, to have a conversation with the client about what style, what is it that they like about your work, what pieces do they really resonate with. It's really important that you know that because that will then help you work on the piece and hopefully produce something which the client is really happy with. Okay, the next one, this is quite a big one. Next one is six, cancellation and expiration. So this includes the percentages that should be paid at each level of the work submitted should the project be cancelled. Ah, okay, yeah. See, a a lot of people think that if they cancel and the artist hasn't done any work, they don't get any money. Mm. Actually, you, you should get money because what the illustrator has done is cleared their schedule they've kind of taken this time to put this in and they may have turned down other work in order to start this work so even if the client cancels before the artist even starts the work there should be agreed amount that is paid to them to the illustrator i think a lot of people wouldn't even consider this and you're right, if this if the illustrator has cleared space in their schedule, they may have turned down other work. You've also, at that point, often had, you know, you spent a lot of time either emailing back and forth or um, perhaps even having Zoom meetings, you know. So it's, it's all taking up your valuable time, isn't it? It is, yeah. So I put a percentage of 25% of the agreed amount if the commission is cancelled before delivery of refs. of the agreed fee if the commission is cancelled after the ref stage and 100% of the agreed fee if the commission is cancelled on the delivery of artwork. So they will still have to pay the full amount if it's cancelled by the client, even on the delivery of artwork. I think it's important to, to think about these things and have that in to protect yourself. Mm, it's just ensuring your time and work isn't it yeah definitely like a little insurance policy (laughs) it is yeah I also have in that um because it's the largest section actually on the terms and conditions I also have approval rejection so should the artwork fail to satisfy the client may reject the artwork upon payment of a rejection fee as follows so again 25% of the agreed fee if the artwork is rejected at rough stage and 50% of agreed fee if artwork is rejected on delivery so it's not as high as if the client cancels, but say the client rejects the artwork. And I also have a statement there 
that says all ownership of all rights will revert to the illustrator unless the artwork is based on the client's visual. Okay, we're almost there. We're almost through our terms and conditions. This is great because I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be using this as a template for their own contracts. It's kind of one of those um, subjects that's kind of boring in some ways, but it's really essential. And, you know, and I think it's really, it's interesting to hear what you choose to put into your contracts, because some of this is stuff that I never would have thought about myself. So when I'm drawing up a contract next time, I will refer back to this podcast myself. Okay, so number seven is limitation of liability. So commissioner agrees that the illustrator will not be liable for any damages that arise from illustrator's performance of this commission. It's just kind of like basically saying the illustrator is not liable for damages that may happen. And then number eight is dispute settled by arbitration and governing law. So should things escalate, this will include how and where issues will be settled. That's obviously never happened with me, but it could happen. It could happen with you know, you never know. And so that's just kind of saying where things will happen. So mm. I think I've put this agreement will be governed by the laws of England in the country of the United Kingdom. That's all of the terms and conditions that I would include on my two page contract or confirmation of engagement. I would say generally 95% of clients don't have a problem with the contract. I normally don't really have any people disagreeing with it or being really kind of oh I can't do that the the only things that I would might might have a bit of conflict on is like the terms of payment but that's normally with a company that already has a very rigid terms of payment and then other times it might just be with clients who just want a bit more understanding you might work with people who've never had to deal with an illustrator before so this would maybe be very foreign or a bit kind of intimidating to have a, a contract. So in that case, I just kind of gently explain what each section means and mm. help them see that this is very standard and isn't unusual. Because I think that's what people really want to know. They, they don't want to be screwed, you know, or made to feel like you're you know, trying to get one up on them, which you're not at all. The, the benefit of the contract is that both parties should be treated equally in it. But obviously you need to have a bit of it weighted to the illustrator as well, because so often illustrators suffer or, or don't get treated properly. So just one more note would be that you'll find that the more that you deal with jobs and the more you take on, the more experience you will get at handling contracts and you will find it does become easier to negotiate and also to understand the terms. So the book that I would recommend to get if you did want a book is the AOI's book, which is called The Illustrator's Guide to Law and Business. It's written by an illustrator and it's for illustrators and it really does give a thorough overview of the business side of being an illustrator. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, that's great advice, Mel. That's It's a great template and um, I love that you went into so much detail about it because I think this is really important and it goes to show that even people like me who have been um, a full-time professional artist for many years, we can still learn something. 
I mean, I feel like I've learned quite a lot today because I don't deal with contracts very often. They've tended to be fairly simple contracts mostly. But yeah, most of my work is, you know, I'm basically painting and I'm selling work myself um, through my shop or doing private commissions for people. And I might have the odd bit of illustration work. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been interesting to hear from your perspective because you tend to have a lot of clients. (laughs) I guess the contract gives you the framework and just gives you the terms and helps you start the project on the right footing. Yeah, which is very important. Okay, so you've given us a good understanding of what to include in a contract. Um, And I'm wondering what other things we need to consider when working out a price for illustration work. Great question. And actually that fits really well with the contract because obviously on the page one of the contract we had listed all of the terms of the illustration work and that actually is a really good indication of what we have to consider when we're pricing the work so I'm just going to run through what things you need to consider okay are you ready <laughs> I'm ready now go for it <laughs> okay so you first of all need to consider is what is the usage where is it going to be used You then need to think of the area of the use. So like we said before, what territory is it going to be? Is it going to be just UK or is it going to be worldwide? And then you need to think, what is the duration of the licence? And those three things will probably have the biggest impact on the fee that you charge. Okay. You then have other things that you can consider. So the client profile. So higher... High-profile clients tend to have larger budgets for commissioning illustration. And this is especially true, like, in the advertising world. So not all clients will be very forthcoming with their budgets. I sometimes find it's helpful to just ask if they do have a budget. And then they can at least, it will make it easier for you to pitch or give them a quote if you know kind of where they're coming from. Yeah, I was going to say that this is one thing I always tend to ask is what's your budget? Because then it gives you a starting point and you at least know whether it's a job that you do, you know, actually want to take on or whether it's something that you wouldn't consider because the budget is too low. So I think that's probably an important thing to ask at the beginning. Yeah. And also the deadline then. So that's a very important thing to know, because if they want it in two days time, then that's really going to impact your, you know, life. And (laughs) And don't you get a higher fee sometimes if it's a kind of rush job where you have to turn it around in a very quick time frame? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you should really work out the price according to, you know, if it is a very time-pressured deadline, then you need to price it accordingly. And I think that might be, oh yeah, the copyright as well copyright so that will affect the fee so like I say in most illustration jobs you shouldn't be handing over the full copyright but if a client needs the full copyright it could be like a set of branding assets it could be icons that you've created that actually fit with their brand and their logo so in that case you actually would probably hand over the copyright because of that the price needs to reflect that and it needs to be a lot higher because obviously you can't use those won't be able to use those illustrations anywhere else so you have got to price it higher than if you you know just licensing it and you know you could use those illustrations elsewhere 
Yeah, all things you have to take into consideration. Yeah, so I think those are the main pricing basics that you would need to consider when you're working out your fee. And so let me just give you an example of how I would maybe word it for a client. So I would say, okay, so this is a UK license, three years. The illustration is for food packaging only. And then I would put the price. That is a very short way and a clear, concise way of just saying what the fee is. So you don't need to like write a whole paragraph, you know, on how it's going to cost. You just need to put the that important information on one line and it's very clear then for both you and the client how much it's going to be. Don't give ballpark figures. That's just going to lead into trouble. It's just more hassle <laughs> because it's you you don't charge on an hourly rate, you don't charge on a day rate, you charge per project for illustration because you're licensing it. And within that fee, you need to include, um, you know, the creation fee as well. So basically the client will just get that one fee and that's it. Unless, of course, they go over your edit allowance or need further edits, they should just expect, they know exactly how much they're going to pay. So if you're given a ballpark figure that's going to not probably be helpful for you or the client. It needs to be what it's going to be um, on your contract. So uh, that's fantastic advice. All of this is such great and valuable advice. Thanks, Mel, for sharing that with us. Um, I'm going to pause it there because we have decided that we're going to split this episode into two and we're going to be covering pricing in more depth next time, both um, for the illustration market and for fine art. Pricing is such a big subject and, yeah, it's it's a big one, I think, for illustrators, artists. So we're going to try to attempt to kind of unpack it. Yeah, it's a, it's a big and tricky topic. So we're going to try to give you um, the benefit of our experiences because we've both been doing this for quite a while and it's something that we need to go a bit more in-depth with I think so we're going to be covering that in far more depth in the next episode thanks guys for listening again to this episode we hope that you've gained something through it and that you are now ready to write your contracts Um, but if (laughs) you do need to get any more information on contracts I would recommend going and looking up um, the Association of Illustrators website is so helpful Um, and you could probably actually google you know, contracts and you'll probably find lots of info. But Association of Illustrators is good because obviously it's for illustrators. So do let us know if you have any other questions or further thoughts on this subject. We'd love to hear. You can find us as always at Creative Catchup on YouTube or at Creative underscore Catchup on Instagram. So stay creative, stay positive and we'll speak to you again really soon. <laughs>